Welcome to the Within Us podcast, your place for the insights and inspiration to connect you to synergistic well-being of the mind, body, and soul. My name is Azriella Jankovic, and I believe that there is greatness within you. Welcome to today's episode. Today is March 4th, 2020, and I'm so excited to introduce you to Nomi Levy, my guest on today's show. Nomi is a board-certified health and wellness coach affiliated with Duke University Integrative Medicine. She's an avid runner and a yogi, and she sees coaching clients online from all over the world and in person at her Jerusalem office. As you know, I share my personal wellness journey in this show, and I'm so excited when I can bring in those people who have been strategic in helping me in the journey. And Nomi is one of those people. So a few years ago, I was dealing with some chronic pain issues from a childhood injury, as I've spoken about in prior episodes, and I went to go see Dr. Schiller. Dr. Andrew David Schiller was my guest on episode 18, and I highly recommend checking out my talk with him. So I went to go see Dr. Schiller and I was expecting to receive some sort of medicine or cream for my foot to relieve the pain. And instead, he really took this inside out approach that shifted my mindset in terms of health and wellness and really empowered me to question everything that I thought I knew about how I wasn't going to get better or how I needed surgery. Today, as you may know, I am hiking and jogging and really thankfully enjoying life and I credit these people for my wellness in many ways. They have been big pieces of the puzzle and I'm really grateful for them. So as the story goes, I saw Dr. Schiller and he suggested making some upgrades to my nutritional regimen. and. I wasn't really sure where to start and at the beginning of taking on a lot of changes which to me at the time felt really drastic i needed guidance and i needed support and encouragement and honestly i wasn't sure if i could do it it seemed like a lot to take on a lot of modifications that i wasn't used to making and i just didn't know what that plan would look like I'm so grateful that he sent me to see Nomi and over the course of my work with Nomi, which was really just a handful of sessions and also the follow-up support that she provided me with, I was able to embark on a whole new chapter of my well-being, which really included nutrition. That was the foundation and the building block for so much change and so much healing. So I feel incredibly grateful and I'm so excited for you to meet Nomi and hear about her suggestions and her recommendations and how so much of what she does and what she recommends boils down to our mindset and the way that we think. I love talking about mindset. You know that. And with nothing further, welcome to the show, Nomi. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm, you know, and inviting me to talk about really my favorite, favorite topic, which is 
just health and well-being and how we can bring it to everybody. It's a real pleasure. We have a lot to learn from you today. So why don't we go ahead and start out talking a little bit about when people look to you for help, what are they coming to you and what are, their, what are they coming to you for and what are their problems? So I have a wide variety of clients. There could be people that are coming to deal with specific habits around weight loss. That's one type of client. I also work with a doctor. So sometimes he'll send me clients that he has a specific protocol that he wants them to follow, whether it's dietary changes, exercise, meditation, uh, anything like that. And he wants me to sort of support their long-term behavioral implementation. That's one type of client. And then the other kind of client I get is somebody who's just coming for some basic health education, really wanting to know what are the basics, because there's so much there today on the internet, uh, health myths, health facts, and sometimes sort of reconciling the two and also really making it specific to the person's lifestyle. Interesting. So essentially you're working with those who have real serious and chronic health issues, as well as people who come to you with run-of-the-mill issues. They want to feel better. They want to have more energy, or perhaps they want to like work on their physique. Yes, definitely. So I've got like the one side is, is chronic health issues. So the people come to me, they're dealing generally with a lot of type 2 diabetes, high cholesterol, uh, blood pressure, chronic kidney disease, and they really want to feel better. Sometimes they're on the medication. Sometimes their doctor has given them a trial period before they start medication. Sometimes they've done some exploring and they just want to see what can they do to help themselves and what kind of ideas do I have. And really what I'm going to do is we're going to come together, create an action plan, First, create a vision. What do you see for your health? What do you see for your future? Where do you want to be in 30 days, 60 days, a year, five years, 120? Where do you want to be? What do you see yourself like? So I might have ideas that I think are great for somebody's health. But at the end of the day, one of the things that we talk about uh, is this idea that you are the expert on your own life. And I think that this is an amazing concept because the Duke uh, Integrative Medicine Center, where I trained, is doctor run, it's doctor taught, and they really want to give over this idea that our clients can be a partner in their healing process, that it's not about the doctor being the expert and the client being this sort of compliant, do what I say, listen to me, but really being involved in crafting a care plan that will help them get better. And a care plan that the client contributes to also increases compliance and adherence and ultimately success. Incredible. So what you're doing is you're empowering your clients to create a plan that really works for them. A hundred percent. Very customizable, very personal, baby steps towards success. Although there are people who come in and they want to do a revamp. And for some people that works, but what we've seen from long-term behavioral change is that we want to have long-term success. And in order to do that, we need to spend a lot of hours practicing. I give the equation of a pianist and the idea that it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert. And I think that that's the same 
same thing with health behavioral change. People get really faded when they see that they weren't able to keep to their diet or they weren't able to stick to their walking or exercise plan or they didn't manage to get to bed even though they had a clear goal to get to bed at a specific time one night that week. And really what we're doing is we're experimenting, we're practicing changes, but we're re-engaging over and over again. And the more that we re-engage, we increase the likelihood of fluency in that particular habit and long-term success. Excellent. So it you know, makes a lot of sense to me in terms of this model of expertise being something that comes after 10,000 hours. And you know, there are so many programs out there, as you and I both know, for weight loss and for health and transformation. But I think the question that comes up is what is going to be not in six weeks from now, but what is going to be in six years from now? So what do you do? You mentioned that oftentimes people get frustrated when they might get off track with their exercise or they're not able to completely stick with their nutritional plan. And you mentioned that the goal is to continue re-engaging. So what are some of the practices that our listeners can try out or can use in terms of trying to maintain more consistency with their own health regimen and their own vision for health? By way of, That's a great that question. Mean? Sometimes people come to me and they say, you know, I want to write down exactly what I'm going to eat this week and I'm going to make sure that I stick to this particular plan. And one of the things that we've seen in health research and nutritional research is that creativity and flexibility are keys to success in long-term dietary adherence. So if somebody really wants successful in implementing dietary changes, sitting down and writing every single thing really is maybe going to work for a small percentage of the population. But for the vast majority of people, we want you to be creative and flexible. So that means being able to think out of the box, be in the moment. You're at a restaurant and you really didn't plan for this meal, but what's something that you can creatively do, whether it's advocating for yourself with the waitress, splitting something with a friend, get out of the box of your normal ideas and, and be creative with how you actually get to your goal. Don't be stuck within like, this is the way it works. Another thing that I would say in terms of re-engaging is I see a lot of mindset with this idea, I'll start tomorrow because I failed today. And I'm going to say now is the new later. Do not wait till tomorrow to decide that you are going to be able to make a start, a fresh start, a revamp. Just go for it right now. Okay, so the last meal, you didn't eat what you wanted to eat, or you woke up late and you didn't get for that workout. Be creative. Go for it now. Do it right now. Don't postpone. Now is the new later. I love that so much. And it's I'm good for all of us. <laughs> now is the new it's later. It's good for anybody who. It makes so much sense. Live now. I love that so much. So let's talk about this situation where we're at the restaurant and we're so used to ordering the same thing, or we believe that we love certain foods we believe that there are certain foods that we love and we're, we're habituated to eating them and, and we need to make change. So where do we go from there? What do people do who come to you and, and are just attached to the foods that they're used to? I love the idea of attachment to food because I always tell people, especially when they ask me about, you know, my kid's eating this and what do I do? I say, listen, we have to have a relationship with food until 120, God willing, for the rest of our lives. It's that one relationship that's in some way pretty much guaranteed we're going to be ingesting something. So we want to have good relationships 
good attachments. And when it comes to restaurant dining, I think that there are a few mindsets that can trip us up. And the first one is, well, I'm at a restaurant, so I might as well indulge in something that I wouldn't make at home. So if I went to a restaurant with that mentality, one thing that I would never make at home and never eat is something like fettuccine Alfredo. It's just not going to happen for me. <laughs> but if I walk into the restaurant with that mentality, and I'm also really looking at avoiding some of the refined carbohydrates, upping my phytonutrient content. I know that I've always got that on my list of things to do. So that's not what I want to order. I would say focus on the dining experience and not on the food experience. What I mean by that is food is so much more than just food. Food is connection. It's a chance to enjoy. And the dining experience enhances food. And we can really choose where to put our energy. If I'm in a restaurant, even if I'm alone, just being in a restaurant is already like an upgrade from my usual dining experience, right? It's an upgrade in enjoyment. It's an upgrade in I mean, hope it's an upgrade in the fact that I don't have to clean up or cook or prep or shop. Totally. It's an upgrade oh, yeah. in that I may even have leftovers for later. So there's like so many great things that can come out of I'm in a restaurant other than indulging in a food that I know isn't ideal for me according to my goals or my doctor's plan or whatever that is. So this is really interesting. It sounds to me like there are a lot of different components to creating this new model of health. And, and it sounds like it's more than just making a plan in terms of what to eat or how to exercise. And there's a mindset shift that's really going on with... People want to talk about food. And I can't wait to not talk about food, but to talk about everything that goes on in the body as a system. Food is one component, but exercise, sleep, mindset, creativity, organization, even spirituality. All of these things affect our health. And the idea that really people come with this idea that if I can get my food under control, everything is gonna feel amazing and it's gonna flow. That's not an idea that we have to be married to. Food is a great part of our lives and we, use it and we can use it to influence ourselves on a cellular level even on a subcellular level, if we think about mitochondrial health, there's so many components to health and wellness that we really want to find the ideal balance. Because one of the things that I want my clients to take away is the synergistic effect of multiple habits. We can focus on health, but if we're stressed or if we're not exercising or if we're not sleeping, well, then likely we have a downregulated immune system. So focusing on food is just one component of actually getting to a healthy balance. This is really interesting, and I think it brings up two questions for me. The first one being about food and what we can do to upgrade our food choices, and then the second one really being about how do we shift away from obsessing about food. You know, I know so many people who are so intelligent and so spiritual and so creative, and yet they're very much stuck thinking about food for a, a very decent portion of their day, a lot of their energy and mental space is dedicated to what am I eating? What am I not eating? Counting calories, behaviors around food. I can't help but wonder if it's being taken away from their, you know, these other components that you mentioned of their life, this spiritual component, creative component. So maybe what we can do is talk about food first and, and essentially like what types of changes are the most sustainable and low maintenance? 
for, and obviously, you know, each, each individual is going to have their specifics, but maybe more so just for like a general population. Each individual will have their specifics. There are specific nutritional therapies that are recommended, but in general, if we're saying like, like baseline, I want to make an upgrade today and I'm, I'm healthy and I want, or I want to get a little bit healthier. And this is where I start. I would say the best place to start is increased fruit and vegetable consumption. And I'm, I'm a really big fruit and vegetable advocate. I think that what, one of the things is we see some of the recommendations, they vary depending on the country that you're in, but the American Cancer Society recommends upwards of five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. We have other recommendations going towards nine to 13 servings of fruits and vegetables a day. I say aim for nine, go for higher. We wanna be sure that we're getting a lot of fiber, which is essential to gastrointestinal health, and motility as well. We wanna make sure that we're getting a lot of different phytonutrients, a wide variety. And we also wanna make sure that we're eating the carbohydrates that are in fruits and vegetables as opposed to filling up on the carbohydrates that are in like bagel or pretzels and toast. The other thing that I would say is switch up from the refined grains to the whole grain. Whole grains have a lot of phytonutrients and fiber as well. They're more filling, they have more protein. So even just making a shift away from white bread or even whole wheat bread, just because it, it's not really so whole wheaty, it's not so whole grain, and shifting towards a bread that's really whole grain made free of preservatives. Those are two things that I think that if you affect those, those are two big food groups, and that'll be a really big upgrade. Excellent, that's really helpful. What do you tell your clients who come to you and they say like, I'm, I'm eating more fruits and vegetables and I'm just hungry, or I just can't stop thinking about food, or perhaps they're just like really fixated on food. Is there ever something else, like something perhaps deeper or more that needs to be addressed that can be helpful? I think there's so many possible answers to that question because there as many people as there are answers. That's how individualized nutritional therapy is. And at the same time, from a coaching perspective, I would really say, well, let's look at the mindset behind hunger. Sometimes hunger comes from a feeling of scarcity and a feeling of, did I have enough? Is this a form of entertainment or like a habit that I've sort of put into my schedule and it fills up this block of time and now I'm shifting those habits and I'm feeling this sensation of hunger, is it head hunger? There's so many different types of hunger. So one of the things that I really try to get my clients to understand is we wanna get inside of our body because I find that so many people are outside of their body. They're Googling for information, they're reading books, and there is good information out there, but I want you to bring that information, like just set it aside and come into your body and say, well, what am I really feeling? Where's the hunger coming from? Is it tied to the clock? Is it tied to something else? Is it anchored to another habit in my day? And then really sort of unraveling that and seeing where that goes. All right, friends, you know what a proponent of wellness that I am and how much we focus on wellness in our show. It is so appropriate today that we are gonna talk for a moment about digestion and the gut microbiome. If you have any digestion issues, trouble losing weight, or you're feeling low on energy, or even having trouble focusing, it might have something to do with your gut. 
According to some of the latest research, the gut microbiome health is crucial to overall health. Recently, I came across a company called Thrive, and I highly recommend checking them out. They are the number one rated gut microbiome testing company. They make the process of testing easy. They send a test kit to your home, you mail back a sample of your stool in a prepaid box, and in just two to three weeks, you receive a comprehensive gut health report with dietary recommendations and an option to receive personalized probiotics. You can check them out at www.thriveinside.com and use the coupon code WITHIN for an exclusive offer of 15% off your first purchase. I know how much probiotics have helped me on my wellness journey and continue to help me. So this is a fantastic offer and really to your health. Now back to the episode. It makes a lot of sense. I'm going to tell a personal story here. I remember um, coming to visit you and I had gone to the doctor and we were working on some chronic pain issues and he said that I could stop eating several different things like gluten and dairy and sugar. And it was a lot for me in the beginning. And I remember being so fixated on all the things I couldn't eat that I was like eating rice cakes and tiny slices of avocados. Like just having this like very minimalist, basic diet. I was thinking about everything I couldn't have and it felt so restrictive. And I came to see you and we sat down and you asked me like how much water I was drinking. And my jaw just dropped because I realized that I had forgotten about like all the things that I needed because I was so focused on what I wasn't supposed to have. And after I saw you, I went downstairs to the mini market in the mall where you work and bought a giant bottle of water. And after buying the water, I walked out of the store without the bottle because I was so, I was so in my own head. I was just so not present. I was so focused on being hungry and confused by all the rules. So the guy behind the counter chased me out and he brought me the water and I literally sat down and drank the entire thing. And so that was the beginning for me of this shift. It was a shift away from everything I couldn't have, like all the no, 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 to all the yes, yes, yes. And I ordered this amazing box of organic produce with 25 different colors in it and just started experimenting with soups and salads and shakes and uh, and wonderful things. And there was just something about your focus on what you can do and what you can have that was a really big mindset shift for me. I would say in general, I like to focus on defining myself by what I can do as opposed to what I don't do or can't do. That applies not just to food, but even religion, lifestyle choices, habits, defining myself by what I I'm able to do or what I'm able to eat or what I'm able to, you know, how I'm able to perform is really, is really giving me sort of an identity by defining ourselves by what we can't have or can't do to me, doesn't give us really an idea of of our capabilities. So I want to always focus on, there's so much food today. Like there's so so much food, to food, there's really a lot that we can focus on. And sometimes what it is, it's about kind of getting out of our box of, well, this is what I shop. And sometimes that's determined by even how we grew up, you know, like 
our mother went and we always had this in the cupboard and we always had this in the refrigerator. And so sometimes it's expanding that and getting more creative. And sometimes it means opening up to ideas, looking through cookbooks so that we can see that there is possibility. Be reminded that there is possibility. Sometimes we're just a little stuck. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And, and I love how you share recipes and share ideas so often because, you know, there is so much available to us now where we don't even need to go out and get a cookbook anymore. We can just open the internet. There is so much available, even in terms of self-nutrition education. For example, Yale offers the course on Coursera that gives like some really really good basics. They do one on family nutrition, I believe, and also uh, kids nutrition. So there's so much available that people can really feel empowered and get it from a good, credible source, whether it's recipes that will be healthy or even just ideas. This is the information world. We're all learning together. That's incredible. So let's go ahead and shift into this deeper dimension behind hunger or behind what some of your clients perhaps are seeking in trying to make transformations. Do you ever find that there are deeper issues, deeper things that people are seeking that are sort of like manifesting themselves in this food struggle? I'm not a therapist. So if I see really deep struggles, that might mean I'm referring somebody to a therapist to work through that or to work through it simultaneously while trying to implement some habits that they know will be supportive. When one sort of one scenario popped into my mind, a client who actually came to me stating that they wanted to lose a very specific amount of weight, like a small and specific amount of weight because they wanted to be at this number because they had been at this number since 30 years. And one of the things that we talked about with this client, she was at an advanced age, was the idea that is a little bit of weight gain in the older years protective? What does the research say? And yes, it is. Is the fact that we gain weight in our hips as women as we get older, is that also something that's better than abdominal adiposity? And it's also, think about it, it centers our, it gives us a center of balance that's a little bit lower, which we want as we get older and we lose our ability to balance. So we discussed some of these different ideas around a small weight gain and what are there other things that she could value about the, was there any value in the weight gain? So one of the things that she walked away with was that she was okay and she didn't want to make the changes because losing that two and a half kilos could mean making changes like cutting out foods that she really enjoyed or meal times that she enjoyed with her grandkids or with her spouse. So I think that sometimes people come in and that's the thing as a coach, let's explore this together. And that idea really came from her. She came in with a very concrete idea of, I need to lose this weight. We're going to do it together. How much do I need to walk? Let's make a plan. And left a short time later, after several sessions, she called me and she says, you know, I think I'm, I'm okay for now. And sometimes, you know, I still think about it, but in general, I'm really okay with it. Being open to that shift is part of the coaching experience. Interesting. I've heard you talk in the past about the, the, the spiritual dimension, the psychological slash spiritual dimension of purpose. What is the importance of spirituality and the psychology of tapping into purpose? How does that play into our health by way of nutrition? So 
that is so interesting because everything is so connected and that idea of everything being connected maybe seemed like a little crunchy for some people like 10 15 years ago not but for at Duke, <laughs> not for any now nobody even for example Duke, which mm -hmm. is I believe it was 2015 was rated one of the top research facilities in the world. So the top 35 researchers that were contributing to sciences were from Duke. And it's a great research facility. And one of the things that is a main component in the integrative health practice there is this component of professional development, personal development, spirituality. All of these things are tied to our top key because having these areas developed, research shows us, affects every other area in your life better right okay, you're going to sleep so, better so, if you feel right. fulfilled interesting so you're this gonna... is personal personal professional and spiritual development that are all related to our role in the world they're related to how we eat they're related to how we show up to the world they're related to sleep they're related to our relationships and this is represented by a pie graph where we list all of these different components of our life and we see at the center of this pie is you and you are the common part that's connecting all of this and we need to feed a little bit we need to have and that's very personal for each person right but we need to have some attention in each area you know for one person professional development could be getting a phd and writing a book and another person professional development could be you know running a baking business out of their house. And for another person, it could be being an accountant or a bookkeeper and having a job that they enjoy the office atmosphere every day. And they have, that is so personal and it's for every person to determine. But definitely when we feel satisfied in other areas, it's going to flow through that energy. We're, we're the receptacle that contains all of that flow. So by contributing good energy and feeding the areas that we need, it just feeds into everything else. One of the things that I see is that if somebody comes and says, I really, really want to lose weight, and it's been this long, long sort of story in their life, it's often related to something else. It's not just the weight. This is part of a complex picture. And one thing that I noticed is I had a client who weight was her main uh, goal when she came to me. But all she would talk about through the sessions was her disorganized living room bookcase area that every time she sat down to relax, that's all she saw. And every time that, you know, she looked over to the right, then she saw her kitchen that was messy. And I think that what I saw with her was she, we focused, it came around that focusing her attention on the bookcases just felt better than concentrating on the food. It gave her like more of an edge every day to get on top of on the bookcase than to sit there and really think about how is she going to deal with snack hour and how is she making healthy dinners. She didn't have a lot of desire to tackle the food thing, but she had a strong sense of obligation because there had been this whole backstory with what her doctors told her she should be eating, what she understood she should be eating. So all she really wanted to do is get her life organized. And that sort of came out subtly. And then it became like the main focus that if this was organized, if her bookshelf was organized, then maybe she could move on to her kitchen. And if she could move on to her kitchen, then maybe she'd be able to restock with things that she liked. And 
she was able to do that. And when she went in to do that kitchen restock, able to take out a lot of the stuff that wasn't great for her. And also she enjoyed it because she was able to enjoy the place where she was sitting. And it sort of had this unexpected effect on everything, not just what she was preparing. It made her kitchen easier to prepare, but also made her food more enjoyable to sit down in the kitchen and eat. So I think that maybe that's the Marie Quanto effect <laughs> of sort of, you know, what's, is it sparking joy? Is the place that I'm eating my meals sparking joy? And, and if I can get my environment, which is also one of the components that um, we talk about in, in integrative health coaching is what's the environment like? Because when your environment improves, how does that affect whatever else you're trying to improve? I love that. It really speaks to the ripple effects of making one change and one upgrade that that can really ripple out into other areas of our life. And I feel like you've illustrated that so beautifully for us. Why don't we go ahead and close off by sharing with our listeners where they can find you. I know you do your health coaching, but you're also online and you put a lot into your Instagram and you're a running coach and an athlete. So <laughs> share with our listeners a little bit about like what you're offering and where they can find you. That would be amazing. So I am at Cinema City. I'm located at Musaha Goof, which is a physical therapy clinic. They can find me there. I am located, you can find me online. My website is nomi-knows.com. And my Instagram tag is nomi-knows-health. People can send me questions, call me and do a little phone consult to see if we've got a good connection and they want to work together. And in terms of running, I'm always running. And if anybody is thinking about starting the Jerusalem Marathon, it's a little late, okay? Unless you're already a runner. So do not call me for running until after the marathon. <laughs> Incredible. That is an amazing offer for everyone who's listening. Nomi is such a gem as you have heard and learned today on the show. So Nomi, thank you so much for being with us. And thank you so much. It's really just a joy to have you here. All right, listeners, I hope that this episode has brought you clarity. Earlier in the week, I asked a question on Facebook. What is the best and worst nutrition advice that you've ever heard? And the answers were astounding. It seems as though there's never been as much confusion around nutrition but at the same time, we have more and more research every day coming out to guide us in a very uncommon, <laughs> common sense way. And I think Nomi is really an exemplar of that common sense. And I definitely recommend taking her up on her offer, asking her your questions. And I'd love to hear your feedback in terms of how this episode has helped you and what are the takeaways? What are you interested in implementing? And, you know, it's all really doable. I think so often we can walk around with beliefs about ourselves as to what we can do, what we can't do, or, you know, I, I'll always love this food because it's just so wonderful and, and so delicious and so special to me. And if we're honest, those are beliefs. And I think the more that we can come to terms with what truly matters to us and the lasting wellness and vitality that's available to us when we make 
great choices, when we upgrade our choices, we can even learn to enjoy the process and, and embrace making healthy choices that encourage our well-being. I am a huge proponent of Nomi's work, and I will continue to bring wellness experts and proponents onto the show to support you and help you. So stay in touch with me. You can join my Facebook group. It's called Circle of Insight. You can send me all your questions. You can send suggestions for guests. You can reach out and let me know what types of issues are coming up for you. What are the beliefs that are getting in your way? I help people with their beliefs. So I help you look at your beliefs, grow in your awareness, and find the tools that are going to empower you to break through and establish new beliefs and new habits and new ways of doing things that are going to bring you to where you want to go in life and to help you actualize your vision. I work one-on-one and I also do masterminds. I have a new mastermind rolling out mid-April, so stay tuned for announcements about that. This one is going to be global, so wherever you are, you can tap in to this conscious community that we have forming. Yesterday, I had the honor of spending time with one of my masterminding participants who lives in the artist neighborhood called Yamin Moshe in Jerusalem, and she herself is an artist. Her name is Leanne Wakabayashi. And she lived for many years in Japan and created a system called the Genesis Way in order to help people develop their intuition and insight using art. I did the seminar with her and I had such a wonderful time. It was was surprisingly insightful and I got a lot out of it. So she was a part of my mastermind last fall and she said, you know, Being inside of the mastermind that I guide and facilitate created these instant connections for her, really instant and intimate connections with the other participants. And that's exactly what I'm trying to create with these groups. You know, I feel like there are people around us at all times that we can learn from, that we can teach, that we can connect with in really deep ways if we are given the structure in which to do so. So my goal in creating these masterminds is not only to help you break through beliefs and to learn to embody your vision for your idealized self and life, live happier with more wellness, but it's also to bring in the connections to help you foster those connections that can be really lifelong, life-altering and sustaining. You know, relationships are the foundation, a cornerstone for our wellness and for our well-being. And I believe it. I know it's true. There's a lot of happiness hiding in our lives, you know, so oftentimes we think it's all about the big things and the lasting love of our life or relationships with those family family members close, closest to us. And you know, it can be. But one of the takeaways from the largest study on happiness that has ever been done study that's now chaired by Waldinger out of Harvard University that's gone on for 75 years is that people with relationships, meaningful relationships of any type are happier. So we might think that when we go out and about in the world and have conversations with people at the grocery store, the clerk or the delivery person or the people who we're like interacting with in passing, 
It might seem that those relationships aren't important, but the truth is, is that those are micro connections. Those connections, however seemingly short or small, have the capacity to spread a lot of light and a lot of kindness and a lot of happiness in our lives. So my friends, keep being courageously kind and keep your hearts open. It is changing this world one soul at a time and we are all feeling the ripple effects of your love and your kindness. Thank you so much for being here, for being a part of this community. You are so important to me. Stay in touch. You can visit my website at drazi.co. That's D-R-A-Z-I dot C-O. Abundant blessings today and always, and I'll see you next week.